Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cheap Shot Wrestling Podcast. I'm Matt Bass, I'm here with Ben Bowles, and this is episode number 64. 64, Zulane. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to do it, didn't you? When I'm 64. No, 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 60, 64. 60, 64, was it 64, 64, Zulane? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode number 64. It is. Um, yeah, we've had Hell on the Cell this last Sunday. That's it was at an appropriate time, so we were both able to watch it and not feel too tired the next day. We've had that magical week in England where we have been almost, well, almost at a healthy time for American events. Yeah. So we've had, yeah, Helen the Clocks went back, so... It started we, at 10? The The pre-show started at 10, the show started at 11, it finished at 2am. It was great. Now, bear in mind that we've watched WrestleManias in the past that have gone on till half five in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and didn't start until midnight. And we're going, oh, fuck. Right. Whereas this started at 11 and finished at 2. And it was a very good show as well. So it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There so was only one match I couldn't give a shit about. The rest of them I thought were very good. Yeah, there was there was definitely one in the middle there, though, I thought. We'll get to it when we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I was um, like, is this pay-per-view worthy? But mm. yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Um, but but before we get to any of that... Is it time for firstly, my... Firstly... Is it my favourite segment well, ever? The, the, uh, no, not quite. Oh, damn. So... Firstly, yep. if you're in America, please vote on November 3rd. Yeah, That's, that's a just very... a little thing from the start. I just wanted to put that Holy out there. Holy shit, yes. Please vote on November 3rd. An early vote if you can, or postal vote. I think you can still do that. Make sure you post states. your vote before the deadline. Look it up. Get it done. Yep. Get rid of Trump. Anyway, <laughs> so if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at CSWPod. If you want to follow Ben on Twitter, it's at RingReviewPW. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's CSWPod. If you want to listen back to any of our previous episodes, go to CSWrestlingPodcast.com or follow us, subscribe, rate, review, and all that sort of stuff on podcasting apps and just follow us on there and listen back to any of them on there. Now. I've rambled a little bit on that end of it. But yeah, you get the idea. Admin Matt has fulfilled his duty. Yeah. So now is it time for my favourite It is now ever? time for the small package of news. You've just been rolled up into the small package of news. Great jingle as always there. Yes, this is the small package of news. And we have we have quite a few things on it this week. We have got one main topic where yep. we're going to be talking about Hell in a Cell. So we're going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we have various different little topics to talk about uh talking of little things shorty g is no longer shorty g <laughs> oh the poor guy <laughs> yeah. he's now back to being chad gable thank the lord he did a it was like a full segment where he just denounces the character of shorty g he said he quit and then he was backstage and then he was asked by um adam pierce adam pierce he yeah. was like he's got like an ice pack uh, on his shoulder we need and to talk like, you know you, you, are you saying you're quitting he goes no i'm just quitting that character i'm now Sh- chad gable again yeah it's a full like that character is dead i am now chad gable again um it's and he's a heel it's a yeah, fair play to him i want it to be like intense kurt angle i want to see like, you know when i want to see olympic rings on his gear you know when like Kurt was started coming out with his real medal oh yeah yeah, yeah. and wearing the gum shield and all that like that that Era shaved angle. head ecw angle yes where he starts becoming intense yeah that's the kind of chad gable i want to see yeah i want to see a grappler you want to see someone who can actually like take people down rather than it being like a kind of gimmicky joke of shorty g what up grapple fans what up grapple fans i'm a big chad grape chad Gra- chad grapple fan chad grable <laughs> chad grable <laughs> it's like he needs to now move into that kind of like i'm a serious wrestler not yeah. a superstar, not a character. Yeah. He's a wrestler. He's not all the ready, willing, and gable stuff. It's like 
he's serious yeah. Chad Gable is going to break your fucking ankle. I'm former Olympian Chad Gable. Yes, exactly. Hell yeah. And I'm all in for it. And I hope that he gets the chance to actually be able to, you know, use that. Yeah, it's early It's day. not just a kind of, oh, he's changed his gimmick, he's Chad Gable, and then forget about Chad Gable again. Yeah. Like, I want it to be a thing where he's now going to spend the next few weeks, maybe he's wrestling against jobbers or whatever, and yeah. just wrestles against jobbers and breaks their ankles in 30 seconds. And then it's like, Shit, like, Chad Gable, he's a little man, but he's, he, you know, he's tough as fucking nails. Turns out he's actually a threat. Yeah, and he's a threat. And then you can have him doing matches against, you know, chasing the Intercontinental title. Yeah, because I'm not saying it's going to be... Like, I want him to see, I want to see him against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and it's... That'd the, be a fantastic it's, match. It's too early to say, like, oh, this is going to eventually lead to his, like, major push where he gets a title. No. But I think what this will lead to uh, sooner rather than later is the fact that he'll just be taken seriously for Yes, one. and he needs to be taken seriously because he is a serious threat. Yeah, he's a great athlete. Great And, athlete. and a fantastic wrestler. So it's like, now is his chance to show that, okay, yeah, Chad Gable is a serious serious wrestler and not yeah. short tg no exactly <laughs> um well sticking with smackdown i guess yeah um we will get on to talking about hell in a cell but i think we do need to mention uh laura notice oh yeah the 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 court case where in which you had judge jbl which is interesting because in wrestlers court i thought undertaker was the judge and jbl i think was the bailiff but in this case, Ron Simmons was the bailiff and yeah. JBL was the judge because, I don't know, he does Fox business stuff, so it's sort of important. I think JBL is living out a fantasy of his that he wish he had, that he wish he had when he was in the locker that room. That he could be a... That the, he would be the judge. He was the judge. And the head of the locker room. Yeah. He was like, oh, I'm just sort of Undertaker's subordinate. Yeah. Now I'm the judge. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was a uh, uh, a funny little segment. It was um, funny. It was good casting. Yeah. Was, if mm-hmm. I can say that about a yeah. segment in WWE, but it it was... <laughs> Having JBL as judge works. Ron Simmons as a bailiff is funny. Yeah. And it's like, I think the whole the whole sort of the silliness of a court case. Yeah. It's fine. If it's playing up with the characters that are involved, it worked. And they set that up somewhere backstage at the Amway Center. Yeah. Do you think they just left it there? So if there's ever any issues in the locker room, they bring it to wrestlers' court. Like we've got an actual physical court. They always days. have that. Wherever they've gone, anywhere in the country, whenever they've done a show, they always have that set up because they have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just that's they just they take an office and just basically turn it into an actual courtroom. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was I think it was just kind of it was worth the faff, if that makes sense. Yeah. I found it funny. Um obviously that then leads to an inevitable decision that is then made, uh, which I'm not a fan of. But... Yeah, it led to um JBL being bribed um by Miz and Morrison and then the match being made for the for Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell. which we get to, <laughs> which we will get to again. Uh, we will get to um, NXT. There's some NXT news. Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin uh, win the NXT tag team titles. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Glad to see they've won the titles. They needed that. They've, I think they've been a tag team for a lot longer than I thought. They've been tag team for ages, and then they've had like those like takeover matches. I can't remember which takeover it was, but they had a match against. The Undisputed Era. And Undisputed Era are the heels. Only Lorcan and Danny Butch were the baby faces in that match. Yeah. And they went into that match with the crowd fully on side for the Undisputed Era. And then they did the match and they performed so well, Oni and uh, Danny, that they turned the crowd yeah. in their favour. People actually they lost, started to back them. They, yeah, they lost, but they performed so fucking well, the crowd just got completely behind them. And that is how good they are. They're now heels, and they have 
Pat McAfee is there. Oh yeah, that surprise appearance. Or which Pat is... McAfee, whichever you want. Pat wanna... McAfee, Pat McAfee, internet, McAfee. Uh, internet virus protection. He's one of them. Yeah. But either way, he was there on NXT and came out with probably uh, the smallest mask I've ever it seen. It was a very ill-fitting mask. And he, when weird. he first initially ran out to go and push someone off the top rope, whatever it was, yeah. his mask half came off. And he had to. He was like scrabbling to hold the mask in front of his face. And you're like, just get a bigger fucking mask. <laughs> Who, that looks like a shin pad you've strapped to your face. It, like, it, it was <laughs> a shin pad, it looked like. It looked like a, like a what's it called? Those um, jock strap. Yeah. It's like a cup. He's cup. just, put he just strapped it to his face. It was so weird. How could he see anything wearing it for a start? I just thought it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, at first, initially. What was wrong with, like, you know, balaclava with eye holes cut out of it? Why like, not just a bandana? A bandana. Why or not? You know, the sort of like uh, beanie like, hat. Yeah, like a ski mask. Ski mask. That's yeah. It, yeah. Something like that. They've got plenty of those. Yeah. Retribution used them all the fucking time. Exactly. They're in the app. They're, they're next maybe door. They to, maybe they have to throw them away every time they did one because of COVID. Oh, man. Do you know what? Maybe, actually. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, that was a strange appearance from Pat McAfee, so I guess he's there now. Yeah, he's their manager, I guess. Interesting. He did do a... There was a... in You know, he does his own show. He does... Like, I think it must be like an internet radio show type it's, thing. It is a... I like that you've called a podcast an internet radio show. Is it a podcast? It's a podcast, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it is. So it looked like a radio show, but they Yeah, they've got, like a, they've got like a set and, and it's got a set and everything. It's yeah. filmed and stuff. But he's like... He was doing... Uh, he had... Um, I can't remember his name. It's Ariel something. He's like a UFC... Uh, MMA kind of oh, like journalist, pundit guy, pundit guy yeah. right? And he was on, and he and he mentioned uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and because of uh, Pat McAfee, yeah. And he basically said these guys have no character; they're just rubbish. And and Ooh. and and Pat McAfee went off on him. And the thing is about Pat is he's an okay wrestler right when he did his match he could hold his own he could hold his own he was an okay yeah. wrestler yeah. he could do some various things and i thought it was quite impressive for a guy who is a football ex-football player oh, and then we also found out that a lot of that match was kind of called on the fly yeah which is very hard I to thought, do for someone who's I not experienced Pat did well in those things but i think what i've realized is pat's really good on the mic yeah he is he's really good on the mic and maybe that's what danny and only needed they needed someone who was really good on the mic they need a mouthpiece because his argument was these guys are like throwbacks these guys are like real wrestlers sort of types you know yeah these guys that and he's like because the guy was like they just wear plain black trunks like what's the inter- they're not oh, they're boring like yeah. look at them i think pat mcafee's done this before he won't take shit or people talking shit about other wrestlers he a yeah. lot of the time ufc people will take the piss yeah. out of professional wrestlers i think pat mcafee's one of those people that steps in and is like yeah. i would shut up yeah <laughs> but it was it was it was really good you check it out if you can find it it's like it's um i think i've seen the clip on twitter but there are yeah, yeah. there's a full clip of it i think on and, his YouTube and, channel. and so as much as i don't want to like pat mcafee i kind of go mm. he's good though he has his benefit he's good on the mic he's and worth he's, he's serviceable in the ring he's worth his time yes he's worth his time that they're using him yeah. for so it's like and like Maybe it's say, because they introduced us to him through the fact that he was a commentator that just for me i've just got a different view of him oh and it was the whole thing about i thought when he made comments about Adam Cole's size. Yeah. And I thought, oh, hang on. It's such a cheap shot and a low blow when mm. guys will be like, oh, but he's really tiny. It's like, it's not WWF in 1997. Yeah. Where they go, oh, all the guys in ECW are tiny. It's so, like, yeah, they're... Can't, like they're, they're still amazing at what they do. Yeah, exactly. So it seemed like a bit of a cheap shot when I saw that. But you're right. It's sort of coming full circle where he's kind of getting in the business now. 
Yes, and I think the more he's doing the wrestling and actually doing promos like in ring and stuff i think he could become really good at being a manager yeah i hope he is um so yeah we'll see what happens with with, with him with birch and lorcan but i'm really like, happy to see birch and lorcan with the titles because they totally deserve it i agree with you 100 percent. well deserved even if they did win it through screamings bit of shenanigans yeah and then they took out Undisputed Era. So I know, are they face now? So they could get into the match. I think so. Yeah. I think Undisputed Era, uh, they've kind of somehow, uh, probably well, thanks to Pat McAfee, right? Well, and the fact that people fucking liked him anyway. So yeah. it goes from like, okay, we liked him as heels anyway, but I mean, they're still the Undisputed Era. Yeah. So if they're going to go face, we're still going to like him anyway. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Okay, so moving out of WWE. <gasps> um, oh, I know. <laughs> Big move for us. We'll come, we'll circle back round straight back into WWE after. Yeah, this is a detour. Firstly, New Japan. You were saying that there's some update there. So last week, we talked about how um, essentially Will Ospreay started a new faction in, in New Japan, which is rare. These are quite, mm. that's quite a prestigious thing to happen for someone, especially if they're an outsider. Yeah. The last time this happened, it was Bullet Club mm. that was started by someone who is a you know, a, a, as they call it, a gaijin, but yeah. you can't really say that. Um, so it's a fairly big move, and it seems as though they're using that group to introduce a women's division. Because huh. um, B Priestley, his current, what, his girlfriend, I think, maybe mm. they're married, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but B Priestley is now an active member of the New Japan roster. Yeah. She's on the New Japan roster page, currently, as I'm speaking. Um, and she's an official member of this new faction called Empire. Is it something where women haven't been active roster members before yeah You've because had... i know that like maria canellis was in new japan when yeah she was with like doing stuff with um... she was involved in a storyline with ken anderson for a while well, yeah with ken anderson all that but was she not an active wrestler then was she just like seen as a manager or something uh she was kind of there's 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 female managers in new japan but they're not active roster they're on the yeah. roster yeah they're not active roster right. but b Priestley is currently featured as an active member of the roster in wrestling yeah. gear on the roster page I have to say, I think it's quite interesting that, and I, I, this is going to make me sound like someone who's so like kind of like not in the know on Japanese wrestling, yeah. but like, why is it that New Japan has never had women's wrestling before? Uh, the only reason New Japan don't do it, it's nothing to do, like a lot of people jump on the bandwagon of it being sexist. Mm. It's not a sexism thing. Um, it is quite an issue in Japan. But the only reason New Japan don't do it is because there are prominent female-only promotions. Right. So Stardom is in Japan. Yeah. It's one of the biggest promotions in Japan. Mm. It's just an all-female roster. Yeah. So New Japan don't look at as sort of... I feel like if they... They're probably in a position where if they start a women's division... Yeah. They're actively competing with Stardom. Mm. Which is something that I don't think they want to do. Um, and thing is, I think it's partly... The reason I'm talking about Bay Priestley or B Priestley mostly... Is because she's the stardom champion. Yeah. And her coming out with the stardom belt is a big deal. Right, on New Japan. Yeah. So it's kind so, of like a, a combination of the two. So what, yeah, what will likely happen with this partnership is that, because mm. uh, New Japan are doing another partnership with uh, another promotion. They're doing an All Japan. All Japan and New Japan are teaming up to do a promotion that's like a special for a, yeah. uh, an older wrestler. Yeah. Um, but stardom, it's looking as if they're going to basically partner with stardom to create or start a women's division in New Japan mm. um, using a lot of the stardom roster to then eventually probably get their own sort of female wrestlers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's one of those sort of stories that it seems like quite a small detail, but the more you look at it, especially the way that New Japan's run, yeah. it's a fairly big deal. It's a big deal for them, yeah. Yeah, and I it, think it, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, yeah. like you say, it's, it's a shame that they haven't had an IWGP women's champion yeah. ever. Yeah, it, it, 
it seems like something they should have done a long time ago but they have their ways of doing things and yeah the women's i mean the women's divisions obviously so the women's companies are clearly popular Started, otherwise yeah. they would have at some point in the past if if they hadn't been as uh successful they might have earlier said to new japan like hey how about you buy us out yeah. and you have a ready-made women's division or it's something like, like you that. You have a brand new roster yeah, just ready at you. exactly. But, but the, um, the smart move they're making is partnering with Stardom, showing the Stardom Championship yeah. on their show. Integrating some of their stuff into their into New Japan because New Japan is bigger worldwide than Stardom is. Yeah, and they like and not to say that New Japan have never had women's wrestling before. They have no, yeah. in bits and drips and drabs. They've had some women's wrestling here and there. Um, but this seems to be the beginning of a a proper active female roster a concerted effort to try and have more women's wrestling yeah, on the shows it's stuff. a progressive step it's it may yeah. seem to a lot of people that it's late mm. but you've just got to take into consideration that stardom is a real thing yeah and stardom's a huge promotion right so from wrestling to musical yes um we go. we're going over to AEW. um Short. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably think we hate AEW, but we give WWE enough shit as yeah. well. WWE can be shit and good. AEW can be shit and good. New Japan can be shit and good. Yeah. It's just the things that stand out most of the and time. This is something where in which has had a lot. So MJF and Chris Jericho did a musical number. Yeah. Which had some, I can't remember what the name is, something. It's Le something. Wannabe French. Um, Le, Le Dinner or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was But a, they did a musical number with a song and you know, showgirls and dancing and actual singing. routines and choreography yeah. and, and and I thought it was very entertaining. It was I funny. Re- I liked it, it was funny, I thought it was entertaining. I think MJF is a very good uh professional sports entertainer, I yeah. think is the best way to describe it. Absolutely. Like, he all rounder, he's good in the ring, but he's also really good on the mic and he can do these interesting, crazy weird things, right? We've talked about it before about it being a missed opportunity for NXT. Yes, I think he should. WWE would, I'm sure, look at him and go one day. I think he even applied or submitted a video for Tough Enough and Maybe. just never got picked. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a complete, he's amazing yeah. at doing what he does. At he's the amazing at doing what he does. And the two of them, you know, Jericho is someone who, you know, he has his ups and downs, doesn't he? Yes. But he is a veteran and he knows how to do entertainment. I mean, this is like not that far off the stuff he was doing when he was with kevin owens yeah. doing the list of jericho and all that right it's like he knows he knows the business in and out he knows how yeah. to get a reaction um my thing with this is not the thing itself because i think the thing itself isn't entertaining as we say yeah um it's the fact if wwe had done this AEW fans be shitting on it and saying it's embarrassing and cheesy and not wrestling and blah, 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 blah. so there's that that's me making an assumption there but here's some facts <laughs> is it sports-based stuff no it's musical Right, it, it, it's entertainment. It's, it's entertainment. The, it's, it's the entertainment side of sports. It's entertainment. it's entertainment part of sports entertainment, but that would undermine things that have been said in the past about AEW. AEW yep. was portrayed when it was first started as being this sports based thing. We're going to have look the win loss records and also I saw that. Like I I remember bringing that up about it being a sports based promotion. I've even seen people on Twitter calling that out and saying like, no, no, they never actually said that. Right. But here is a quote from Tony Khan in May 2019 on Busted Open Radio. He said, we're going to provide a serious sports-based product with the best wrestling. Something you're going to notice more and more in our shows is they're going to take place in and around the ring. Like, we're not going to go out of the arena. We're not going to spend half the show backstage in dressing rooms or backstage choreographed segments. 
Now he's, he's dug the, himself into a bit of a. I mean, that was made there. last year. Now, in the, in the meantime, they may have revised that idea and actually went. Do you know what? I think we should have a few more chore- choreographed segments and backstage fights and stuff. It's almost like when they looked at the like deleter of worlds the whole matt hardy universe yeah and thought no you can have fun with that and yeah. it can still be a part of wrestling but again it's it's like tony khan talking out of his ass mm. as per usual yeah so i think yeah it's it's one of those things that i really enjoyed that segment but i can't help but feel that it just seems to be that the fans can't accept that sometimes AEW are wrong are wrong yeah sometimes, sometimes they make mistakes yeah sometimes they do things that are a bit naff yeah. like the thing they did with bischoff a little while ago that was unnecessary yeah um, and then the oh the whole stadium match where there's a segment in it where someone's run over with a paint uh like a line painter or like a football field line yeah. painter machine yeah things like that and you go this isn't really and then um the the match with Jericho getting jumped, uh, pushed into a bowl of orange, orange squash, squash or, or orange juice, or orange aid. It's supposed to be. Um, oh, and then there's the mojitos or something. And or... then there's the concussion issue. Yep, which has been rampant recently. There's another one that's been happening recently. There's yeah. another. There was the a Matt guy... Hardy thing. The Matt Hardy one was with big. Sammy Guevara. Yeah, but there was another one recently where uh, it was in a tag team match with the Young Bucks. Mm. One of the Young Bucks came off the top and leg dropped this guy. Yeah, he was completely knocked out. Mm. And instead of him being looked at. Or sort of a referee noticing quite quickly and kind of jumping on the situation. Yeah, they just wrestle around him, and it's the most uncomfortable thing. Yeah, because he eventually gets dragged to the corner. Yeah, but he's still out of it. Yeah, and it was like no one's coming down to check on him. Mm. No one came to really see, like get him out of the match. Yeah, and it was like because concussions are becoming such a big issue in wrestling. Yeah, it seems as though AEW were kind of naively thinking, oh, it will never happen to us, and now they've had two big situations of it happening. Yeah, and they get swept under the fucking rug. Mm. like matt hardy nearly died yeah it's there's no joke about that no, he yeah. nearly died and the insistence of that match carrying on and yeah. then him taking that huge bump at the end yeah fuck me it's like well no climbing the scaffolding that climbing was the scaffolding and then yeah while clearly Sammy still unconscious but yeah he shouldn't have been climbing up scaffolding when he was clearly he couldn't out cli- of it. he couldn't climb he could barely walk yeah so there's like <laughs> there are things where i like uh, we, like you said before we do bash AEW a lot and we do give them a hard time we give the WWE a hard time. They've yes. had fuck-ups And we will be giving them a hard time on this show coming up. Yes. Yeah. There's no holding back, but it's just, there are situations where I see fan reactions for certain things that happen in AEW. Yeah. And I just think, just accept that they fuck it up sometimes. Mm. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. Uh, yeah, so rant over. Rant over. We're, at, we're, we're back. We're detouring all the way back. We're going back, to back WWE. on track. Back to WWE. Yeah, here we go. We're back uh, where we're track. going to criticize WWE that makes them look bad. Uh, WWE are being investigated, well, sort of being investigated, by the Orange County, Florida Department of Health. Yeah. Uh, it's their Department of Health, sorry, the Orange County Department of Health's COVID-19 strike force. Strike force. Because um, it's not something that the WWE have directly done. No. This so, strike force is to investigate businesses. So they are looking into 17 different businesses in the area where they think COVID might be spreading. Yeah. Um, those places include a church, a couple of gyms, an Amazon distribution center, and then a bunch of bars, but also the Amway Center, Full Sail University, and the WWE Performance Center. So this is within the county of Orange County. Yeah. So it's a, very, it's a relatively small area. This is why there may be some people going, oh, yeah, but they should be looking into 
AEW. They're in Jacksonville. They're in Jacksonville, not Orange County. So that's the reason why they're not yeah. being looked into. They're outside the jurisdiction. They don't count. If the or if Jacksonville's Department of Health strike force decides to look into the businesses where they think it might be spreading, they'll probably look into the Jaguars Stadium. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like it, it seems to be that it's just this localized area. Um, yes. And unfortunately, all of those WWE properties fall in that. Yes. Uh, WWE issued a statement in regards to this. They said, WWE is not open to the public, but rather operating on a closed set with only essential personnel in attendance. As part of an ongoing weekly testing protocols, Eventus Labs have administered more than 10,000 PCR tests to WWE performers, employees, production staff and crew, resulting in only 1.5% positive cases as compared to the current national average of more than 5%. Additionally, extensive contact tracing takes place and impacted individuals are placed in 14-day quarantine and then only cleared after they test negative. Yeah. Which is what happened with Retribution. Like three members of Retribution or something um, had to be had to go into quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, it wasn't So that... we ended up with these kind of little, like... Oh, reminder that Retribution is still here, but, but they're they weren't not actually, actually here. there. Yeah. yeah, I remember those. Uh, and they had some, you know, masked people come along and pretend to be... Um, Have them fill in. Retribution stuff, yeah. Yeah, it was like they had They had to... some minions do some stuff, and then it was just like... And then they were gone for a couple of weeks, and, that, and then they came back because they obviously tested negative. Yeah. But, I mean, this goes back to... I mean, this goes back to months and months ago when we talked about how insane it was that Florida was allowing wrestling. Yeah. And... It's and now they're going, well, hang on a second. Let's look into some of these businesses. Yeah. I think there might be some COVID coming from these places. Like, no, the doy. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, really? So I'm pretty sure, yes, there are, it's yeah. on TV. Uh, yes, it's on television. <laughs> um, WWE's defense is basically we're not open to the public. So we're yeah. not really a... We're not, a we're not a public health risk. We're not a public health risk because we're not, not open to the public. We're a closed <laughs> set. We're just only... risking our employees' lives. Yeah. And they go out into the public and so that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've only had 1.5% COVID t- positive testing. It's, it's like, like they sort of view it as... It's down same. on the national average. Like, yeah, but the national average is fucking awful. Yeah. So you've been down on that. It's like, great, but... Is it still good? No, I it's, don't know what it is. It's like the WWE see it in a way of like, well, as soon as that employee crosses the sort of property threshold, mm. oh, they're just someone else. They're just some person. Yeah. It's not our fault. And it's like, It'd no, be no. interesting to see, and this is going to take a much darker turn now. It'd be interesting to see if someone dies of COVID-19 from WWE. Like I mean, the current, unf- if someone on the current roster yeah. or backstage staff or someone like that died of COVID. Unfortunately, the odds are not in their favour. It is likely that someone will yeah it's likely it, i mean it all it takes is for the and wrong it, yeah they have people like rick flair yeah and people like that well, this is what i mean this is what Afer i was gonna and say seeker turn yeah. up to the fucking hell on the south it's like great we'll get on to Afro and seeker but like it's great to see them there yeah but this is what i'm saying should they have been there? all it takes is the wrong person to get it yeah all it takes is someone who has uh, an underlying health issue anyone mm. taking medication there yeah um they're dealing with a health issue with it's it falls into that category of you kind of all right you I understand that you're on a closed set and there's only essential personnel there. Mm. But are people like Flair, Alpha, Seeker, are they essential? No, exactly. Do they need, are they at high risk? Yeah. Very high risk. So this is, I understand this is why the investigation is happening. Yeah. They're basically just looking to hotspots in the area and seeing where they, they're coming from. And WWE is one of these prominent companies in that area. Yeah. So obviously they're going to look into the stuff. They're running out of three different places. Yeah. I suppose it. now it's two because they're not running out of full sale at the moment, are they? They're, they've moved the Capital Wrestling Center is at 
the performance center. I think it's the performance. Center. So I think it's just performance center really and uh, Amway Center. Yeah, because I, as I suspected, I think it's I think where the Capital Wrestling Center is is what Raw Underground was being filmed in. Yes, I think. I think maybe yeah. I think possible, but possible. It's, yeah, it's essentially it's another extension of that yeah. uh, facility. And then when they moved uh, to the Amway Center for the Thunderdome, nice. then yeah, <laughs> uh, then that at that point it was they didn't really have space for Raw Underground, so they went, oh fuck, Raw Underground. Yeah. And uh, also, they're still yeah. leaving that in December. Yeah, it seems we don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with yeah. that. As as it stands, they're leaving in yeah. December. We'll get to that when it comes. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, that's going to make be... a decision on what they're doing with the Amway Center. Uh, but we'll move on now to last couple of stories, little things we've got here. Um, it's been a long, uh, short. It's not really a small package, small of, package news. of news. It's, it's a, a no. It's a big small package of news. It's a long, small package of news. Yeah, it's a big small package. Big small package. Halloween Havoc, uh, there's a couple of more matches that have been added. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously we talked a lot about the uh, spin the wheel, make a deal thing last week uh, between Io Shirai and Candice LeRae and also Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Uh, but there have been two more matches confirmed for tomorrow night's uh, NXT, which is Raquel Gonzalez will be taking on Rhea Ripley. Yeah. I think again, I think they faced each other before, but... Is that... It's just a normal. That, it's, just, it's just a normal match. Just normal it? match, yeah. Nothing funny about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think so. No, but oh. I mean, there might be something added later. Maybe it's just at the moment it's just a basic singles match. But it might may, be Ooh. made no DQ or something. I reckon what they might do have Shotzi come out, like and be like, because she's hosting. Yeah. Just have her come out and be like, oh, we're fucking spinning the wheel this time, and they're just like, oh, but we didn't have a stipulation. Well, you do now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll do that. Well, this thing, the other match that's been confirmed definitely does have a stipulation yeah yeah dexter loomis is facing cameron grimes in a haunted house of terror match which <sighs> sounds like it could be amazing oh, it could be incredible yeah i'm guessing it's going to be a cinematic match yeah i mean they're going to do there's going to be a set yeah i just I th- when i think about cameron grimes like he annoys me but at the same time i think I just imagine him walking around a haunted house terrified <laughs> you know and he's just walking around going I'm going to the moon. Camera grabs. It's scared. <laughs> he, always, he always grossed me out, but now he's even worse that he wears that fucking hat. The hat, and but he's shirtless, and he's really hairy and gross. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know, something about, like, Cameron, we love you, but fucking hell. Sort <laughs> yourself just, out. There's just something about you where I just, I, I don't know, my first instinct is just to be like, oh, look after just, yourself. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah. I, I love that we're sort of like justifying shaming him, but fucking hell, fucking come hell. on! Yeah. You can't look at him and go, "Yeah, man." But that's the whole point. Isn't but it? Loomis He's will be great in this. Like Loomis will oh, be. Loomis is going to be. He'll be just like creeping at the windows, just with that stare that he does. And he's going to he's going to amp up the sort of was it the tortured artist? Yeah, I don't know weirdness. Anyway. Ramp that shit up. Yeah, <laughs> make him super scary and give him this kind of haunted house. Yeah. If he st- do you know what? If he steals and burns Cameron Grimes' hat, then that's a win. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> um, talking of spooky people, we'll oh, end this on The Undertaker. God, I'm so scared. Halloween's coming up, so. Uh, and also, Survivor Series is coming up in a month. Spooky! So, we are having 30 days of the dead man. Because it's been 30 years? Uh, yes, it's been 30 years. Since his debut. Since his debut, some, a Survivor Series 1990, um, The Undertaker hell. debuted. And... He is basically retired, so is it really 30 years of the dead man? I don't know. Isn't it funny? I remember when it was 10 years, 
I remember yeah. his 10 year anniversary and feeling like that was kind of Whoa, 2000 Survivor like, Series. That's yeah. huge. It's like, but you think he's been 30 years, not just as an active wrestler, but 30 years since his WWE debut. Yeah. So he's been wrestling longer than that. Mm. Fuck. Because yeah. he was in WCW for a little while. A little bit, yeah. But like, since his WWE debut in 1990, yeah. 30 Which years. was the same night as the Gobbledygooker made his debut out of the giant egg. It was, wasn't it? Hector Guerrero. Yeah, Hector Guerrero. Um, but yeah, so to celebrate 30 years of the dead man, WWE are doing each Sunday. So the first one they did was last Sunday after Hell in a Cell. Yep. They've got a documentary every week. And the last thing will be a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions with oh. The Undertaker part two because he's already done one he's done Austin. one yeah this is part two so it's a new interview that he's doing with Austin do you know what I'm worried about that one a little bit yeah I feel like it's going to end with Stone Cold saying oh have you got one more in you and he'll be like you're damn right yeah and then he announces that he's not retired and no, you just I'm not think, retired I'm going to do another match I want to be a Wrestlemania again I'm like oh I can't wait to see a five that's minute that's my terrible Undertaker test. impression by the way yeah <laughs> well, I, just, yeah, it, I feel like that's what it's going to end on and you just be like oh great we're going to have we're going to have to sit through a torturous match of an old man who can barely hold it together. Yeah, but I mean, a great week. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great sort of thirty days. And there'll be some. There might be some good documentaries that come out of it. Yeah, so. I know. There's some cool. There's, there's one about the brothers of this destruction that's coming up. Yeah, there's already one. Um, and there's that, one about the one that came out on Sunday was about um, this feud between the Undertaker and Randy Orton when he was doing the Legend Killer. Yeah, stuff, leading so. up to their match at WrestleMania 21. Yeah, really good stuff. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of insider stuff on that that I wasn't yeah. aware of. So yeah. it's been good so far. It's been good, yeah. But that's yeah. So that's our small package of news. Oh, you've just been rolled up. Okay, so we'll move on now to our main topic of the episode. We're talking about Hell in a Cell 2020. It's and the wrap-up show. Yeah, I mean, we were um, beforehand, I think last week we were talking about, like, there's not really very many matches that have been booked for this show. Well, no, it... And on the show itself, there was an extra match booked, so, which we'll get to. But... Yeah, I think we talked about that. We thought uh, maybe something would be chucked on yeah. on the night just to kind of fill the numbers. Yes, and it started off with the pre-show, which I was like, well, there's no... There's very been four matches, I think, confirmed, or five matches confirmed. Uh, but none of those are going to go on the pre-show. Um, what's going to go on the pre-show? What went on the pre-show was a 24-7 title match yep. between R-Truth and Drew Gulak, which ended with R-Truth winning. Great. It was like five minutes. It was the correct amount of time. Yep. Good little segment. Yep. Yeah, it was. It worked, and I, you know, it's it's like a continuation of our truth showing that he's still got it. He's still got it, yeah. And the twenty four seven championship. How old is he now? Is he like 40, 40 something? I think. Do you want to has it a guess? I mean, I'm going to be possibly over the top here, Go maybe. On. Go for it. And say forty five. <laughs> You're not over the top enough. He's forty eight. He's forty eight. Yeah. 48 years old. Yeah, and he's still got it. 48 years young. And he can still do the splits. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it, do you know what, funnily enough, I saw a tweet recently about Cody Rhodes. I think you saw my response to it, where he called the TNT Championship oh, the yeah. most important championship of this year. Yeah. And honestly, I laughed, but then I thought, no, the 24-7 Championship is one of the most important belts of this year. It's brought us so many funny shit. Yeah. Like, so many funny little segments and but things. But there were people underneath who were like, you know, I'm a fan of AEW and Cody and whatever, but it's not even the best. It's not even the most important belt in AEW. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, stop calling it the Let most important belt. Let alone in the whole of professional wrestling. Anyway, it's also still ugly as fuck. Yes, <laughs> but that the twenty four seven tiles are ugly as well. But it knows it's ugly for and, a purpose, and it's it's for a purpose. And it was never intended to be a beautiful tile. It was a, it was a tile intended to be thrown around, and it has it's, been 
thrown around a lot. The thing is that the more I see it, the more I'm getting used to it. Yeah. And I think seeing our truth with it more and more. Yeah. I'm buying into it and like. Oh, I love our truth, and and he's I I I've lost count. He, he reached a, a milestone a little while ago, but in terms of title reigns. Oh, how many reigns? I think he's, he's won had. the most amount of title reigns across the board of any wrestler ever in WWE. I think yeah, because he's actually topped. Um, yeah, I think he's actually he was like topped most title reigns of any person, any championship, of any person of any championship in WWE. It's amazing. It's like no, not even Crash Holly got as many hardcore title. Our <laughs> truth, our truth has the most reigns. Uh, how many reigns would you guess he has in the twenty four seven championship? I don't want to overestimate it. That's the problem. Oh, go on. Because I don't want to be like. It's 80 du- and it'd be no, not nowhere du- near that. It's double digits. It's double digits. I know. It's like 40 something. Close. 42. Yeah. 42 and 42. counting. It might even have changed now yeah. since we've been talking about it. I think it. the last time we talked about it, I think it was at 38. So And he's got the longest, he's got the most reign, uh, he's got the most reigns and the most combined days as yes. reigning champion. Yeah. Um, he is the 24 7 title. He's arguably the greatest champion in WWE history. Don't go that far. Sorry, we've just talked about two records being broken. I feel like I can say that confidently. I mean, there's no doubt about this. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely a Hall of Famer. He'll go into. He'll be a great Hall of Famer because when he's at the age where like Ron Simmons is now, or JBL, or these kind of people, when they they're doing the you know the the courtroom scene, you'll have a sort of 55 year old R Truth. Oh yeah, still doing, and and actually 55 year old. Like that's in like seven years. That's seven but years. Like, he'll still be wrestling. He'll probably still be wrestling by that point. But when he's like no longer able to wrestle, he'll be doing all these funny skits and it'll be good. Do you know what would be funny as well? I really hope they do this. Is when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, someone rolls him up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone rolls him up. Like he he has the twenty four seven title. As he goes to the Hall of Fame and as someone he goes rolls the Hall him of up. Fame, as he's about to give his speech, someone rolls him up. But or after he, his speech, at the end of his uh, speech. end of his speech, someone rolls him up. And what would be a really beautiful moment is if, let's, in this imaginary situation, he's retiring. Yeah. In this sort of situation, he retires as champion. He gets rolled up for the three, mm. but he just hands the belt over to the person he rolled yeah. him up. So instead, instead of, of him... Snatching tr- it from him. Yeah, yeah, instead of him trying to get it back, he's like... There you go. There you go. And he retires. That would be the best way they could ever <laughs> induct him. Yeah. Um, but it was a good match with Drew Gulak. <laughs> with Drew Gulak, it was yeah. a good match. Um, so, on the card... I think there was a good amount of matches. Well, as it turned out, yeah, the matches were, you know, your three Hell in a Cell matches, and they gave them significant time. The first match was Roman versus Jay, and that had, that was basically the vast majority of the first hour. It was, was just that match. It was 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes long, that but was. But when you account for all the kind of preamble stuff beforehand and the intro to the show and all the rest of it, and then after you've done the match, the stuff after the match, yeah, it, you know, it was like, 10 to 12 by the time that that oh, all of that stuff was over with. But yeah, once that had started and actually officially wrapped up and we'd so already the had the... first their... three quarters of an hour was basically just that. Well, I think when, when Roman Reigns was uh, anointed, let's say, yes. by Afro and Seeker, that was like 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it had gone on for ages. But I mean, I'm glad that match was given enough time. Yeah, but there was... A, I, th- I thought one of the things is that I know that on every show you can't have every title be defended but the fact that you had no raw women's championship yep uh no intercontinental title uh and no raw or smackdown tag team titles well, and there was no u.s title defense until the night until the night yeah initially i did have u.s title written down until that 
on the night got put a match made for that. Yeah. Um, but I think the matches they did have made up for the fact that there were not enough of the other ones. It was like they'd kind of they kind of had to. Kind of to be honest, I'd rather they do six matches that you actually care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Then do they, nine matches where there's three I don't give a shit about. They had to justify not having a lot of the belts on the line, and I think they did that. Yeah. They accomplished that, and I think there were matches in it that kind of deserved better billing yeah. than maybe like, oh, just chuck a championship on it just because. But considering the fact that you've got the next pay-per-view Survivor Series where no titles are going to be on the line because it's all champion versus champion, yeah. it's going to be a situation where you have to say like the Intercontinental title is not going to be defended on pay-per-view for like, it'll end up being like three months between... Uh, yeah. Being a defender on pay-per-view, which is a bit mad, really. But anyway, first match on the card, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Fantastic. It was a really good match. I yeah. mean, the actual match itself was about 30 minutes. Like we said, the whole segment and stuff was about close yeah. to 50. Um, but there were stipulations, wasn't it? It was like... Uh, it was I Quit. It was I Quit and Hell in a Cell. Yeah, and Hell in a Cell. I do... I mean, I did see someone say, I don't know whether the Hell in a Cell stipulation part of it was really necessary. Because I think if you take that out of it, it's still no DQ... I quit. Yeah. And they could have still done all the things they did without Hell in the Cell being there. And I kind of agree in yeah. that sense. I don't think it needed the Hell in the Cell. But it's still a great match. I, I there was a, it was a great match. My favorite part um out external to kind of the the amazing story arc they had going on. Mm. The actual just the match itself. The referee was very very biased. <laughs> The referee kept on wanting to stop the match. And he kept trying to... It was almost like he was encouraging Jay to quit. Yeah. But it was such a small detail in the whole He's thing. Like, come on, Jay, just quit. Yeah. Come on, Jay, just say it. Come on. Just, just say, say it. it. Come End on. it, please. And then, and then he's like, he's asking someone, you go, he's clearly, you know, in kayfabe, unconscious. Yeah. Why would you then go, go on, Jay, just say it. It's like, I don't think he's breathing. <laughs> Should we check him <laughs> he's first? He's just like, ah. yeah, like, go on, say it. Come on, say it. I have to hear you say it, otherwise it's going to end the match. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, you know, there were certain bits with the strap around uh, Roman's neck. And oh, I was like, yeah. it was so roughly put on that I was like, you know, like when when people are getting hanged in on TV or whatever, there's like a, you know, they'll do a thing where they strap a thing to a thing on your collar so you're not actually being choked. Yeah, yeah. You can just pretend. It's like a body harness. The, it, was, it sort of looked, I looked at Roman getting choked out and I was like, I don't know how they're able to do that without Roman just legit getting choked and he looks he's a bloody good actor well, we said this is what we talked about. it's like there's a difference between it was uncomfortable to watch yeah there's a difference between like being act like acting like you're being choked and actually struggling yes exactly and there yeah. was definitely a moment there where he was like a bit too tight bit, bit too, too tight. tight bit too tight I was uh, I was thinking he would at some point be like Jake don't, don't stop like it's almost like he thinks Reigns is selling it but Reigns is actually going to pass out yeah it's like oh this is dangerous mm. but it was cool I think that because that came in quite early yeah that strap and then it was kind of like alright how many fucking stipulations are we going to have yeah but it worked yeah the fact that it was kind of like it. it's I think it plays into the story really well when they're talking about, obviously the whole premise is that Roman Reigns wants to be you know the tribal chief he wants yeah. to be the head of the family head of the yeah. table as he kept putting it mm. Um, the strap is kind of like Reigns' way of like Almost like belittling them, yeah, and belittling Jay, yeah, whipping him constantly, yeah. and I, I think needs uh, something needs to go out to um, Jay's lay. Oh, yeah. right Bless, at the beginning, like, rest in peace, rest in peace, that gone. exploded. And the thing is, he had it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So he's going to put that in the corner like he did before, and then Roman's going to put it on himself after the match or whatever. It's going to be like a that thing might like, have been the plan. I that think that may have been the plan, but they did actually have another lay that they put on him. Yeah, when Afrin Seeker did at the end, but 
having like Jay gets in the ring and he's very energetic and he's doing all this stuff and he takes off the lay too forcefully and it just fucking explodes in his hand and then he just thinks fuck it and just I in, in just that... throws it but there's petals everywhere yeah and then there was a bit of time when they weren't at the ring and then I was like let's see if there's any petals in the ring when they get out no they're all gone they're all someone rushed in with a brush and went get rid of the fucking petals it, it was like a little thing where I thought is that foreboding? Is yeah. that kind of like a? Is that foreshadowing the fact that Jay's about to get completely I did ripped like, apart? I did like Jay's all white attire because it made him look really innocent. Oh, it contrasts. It's this goes back to. Um, I don't know if this is deliberate, but it goes back to martial arts films. Yeah, and like Jackie Chan films in particular, mm. where he will always have a contrasting outfit to his opponent. Yeah. So if his if his opponent is in all black, he's in all white. Yeah. And if his opponent's in like all white. He'll wear like bright colors. Yeah. They always have to have that contrast. Mm. So having Roman come out, you know, black trousers, he's the tribal chief. Mm. He's the dark character. To then have Jay be the sort of like gleaming white kind of beacon, like yeah. Seth Rollins did. Yeah, it. Seth did it. But like Seth did it ironically. Yeah, he did. Because he was, he was, uh, he was Seth Rollins. Mas- yeah. It was before he was doing the Messiah stuff. It was just it, before. It was, it was, no, this is when he was, before he got injured. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like back when he was doing J&J Security and all that, like four years ago. But oh, yeah. He wore the white trousers. And I think he then later on did it when he wrestled. Did he do it when he wrestled Brock at Mania 35? Potentially. Possibly. But anyway, yeah, the, the white trunks, I think the white outfits look great on Jay. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a cool look. It was a cool look. Um, he also, just before the match even started, I had a feeling of like, he looks like a star. Yes. He really does look like he fits here. Yeah. It's not you know some tag team guy getting a main event shot it felt right yeah it felt right and the story was and it was just great storytelling yeah you know and is it the best match ever in wrestling is no it, is it the best wrestling match ever not even close no but well, is it the best bit of sports entertainment yeah damn right it was good that was probably some of the best story development i've seen wwe do in years yeah it really tugged at heartstrings at some point. Yeah, it really did. And you so that thing of like, we all knew Jay wasn't going to win. Yeah. But it was the thing of going into how it going like, how is he going to lose? And it being a thing of like, you're almost watching it going, mate, just give up. Yeah. It just, was just, it, you ended up being like the ref going, come on, Jay, just say it. Just say I, I quit. When I'm watching a professional wrestling match, but I'm actually almost uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. Like, come on, just fucking wrap this up this is looking pretty rough and yeah like not in a bad way but in mm. an almost like a sympathetic way yeah uh one thing i would say uh roman needs his new music and he needs his new titantron videos and all that sort of stuff well, because ASAP. he still has roman empire appear on the screen and have the big dog image and behind, shield music and the shield music and it's like the guy needs something new yeah i thought maybe it was going to debut at Hell in a Cell, but mm. it didn't. I'm glad they're taking their time with it. I'm not going to say that they should sure, rush it. Sure, but I would have thought they'd have had this sort of stuff prepared. If they knew this is what they were going to do with him, you know, yeah. yeah, they should have been... Are we going to do a thing where he's the tribal chief and he's going to be a heel and he's going to have Paul Heyman as his manager and we're going to have him wearing a lay and he's going to feud with Jay? Yeah. Okay, let's give him some new music that represents this thing. It's, it's like six weeks later, they... Images. Yeah, it's like six weeks later, they went, oh, that would have been a good idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we probably should have done that, shouldn't yeah, we? it still says Roman Empire. Okay, we'll change that. I'm not even like at a, a certain point. I don't. I think he needs new music and graphics. But if it meant oh, he's keeping the music, 
but we're at least changing the graphics. Great. Fine, yeah. Like, that's on some level, because you could say, okay, the music's iconic with him now. It's just Roman's it's music. It's Roman's music now, and it's iconic with him, and it's like, okay, fine. But the the visuals need to change. Yeah. Something about the visuals needs to change. It's still shield blue. Yeah. Like, that's another thing that sort of irks me about his visuals, is that it's still blue-themed and still shield-themed. Yeah. Um, really, it should be... Oh, just think about this. It. it should be black and white, shouldn't it? Uh, is it, Or is that kind of feel too much I feel like, like NWO slash retribution I feel like what they might do with it is they might chuck in like orange they'll add a colour sort of like yeah I'm trying to think what kind of colour like fire colours I think they'll go for like reds oranges earthy colours yeah yeah. they'll go for something like that but something, with a lot of darkness yeah, to it something vibrant but threatening if that vibrant but threatening yeah because blue doesn't do that. <laughs> Vibrant but threatening. That's incredible. It's a good way of colour scheme. Yeah. But blue, yeah, blue and sort of the shield theme doesn't do that. Yeah. It doesn't help his character. Like the new day. Vibrant but threatening. <laughs> Vibrant but threatening. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, other than the, the music uh, entrance stuff, brilliant match and a great ending with Afra and Seacup. Even though I, as I said before, I'm, I question having people over a certain age appearing in the Thunderdome, when there are cases of coronavirus going around, it does seem a bit reckless. Yeah, it's like, I understand that they're trying to put on an entertaining show. And it was a great visual to it, have Afro yeah. and Seeker there, uh, oh, and put the lay on him. Almost and, condone what Reigns is doing. Yeah, and to anoint him as the tribal chief, essentially. It's like... I I almost thought, I thought, are they going to do it begrudgingly? But then it was kind of like a, no, he's earned this. Yeah. He's doing this properly. Yeah. It's not like a, oh, we're being forced to do it. They kind of did it in a way of like, no, he's right. He he's the toughest. He's head man. of the table. He's, he's head won. of the table. He's the big powerful one. Yeah, very so, yeah. very cool. Well done, Roman. Brilliant match. Well done, Jay. Who'd have thought that yeah. we'd be saying Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso was one of the best matches this year? <laughs> I also never, I also <laughs> never thought I'd say that Roman Reigns is one of the most interesting characters on the roster at the moment. Yes, never thought I'd say that. Who am I most invested in, Roman Reigns? Yeah, it seems as though he's my favorite champion at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll move on from that and we'll talk about um, uh, the next match, which was Jeff and Elias. They had a match. Jeff Hardy and Elias had a match. Um, I just wrote here, I was eating Freddo ice cream sandwiches Ooh, because nice. I couldn't give a shit about this match. I was thinking about, right, what's the next match? Now so after that amazing match, it was just like, fucking hell, follow that. Well, that's I think they did it as a buffer. So after that, it was like Jeff Hardy versus Elias. And I was like, great, I'm going to go and find something to eat. And I went and had a look in the freezer saw we had these uh packets of uh the ice cream sandwiches they come in little kind of Ooh, packets yeah. and it's freddo one so it had like an imprint of the freddo face oh, on the side of it and they were all just chocolate ice cream with like a sort of chocolatey soft biscuit so it, yeah, on either like, side. is it like soft cookies either side and then ice cream in the middle yeah oh that sounds real nice yeah Do you know like circular shaped and they're about you know i don't know how to describe kind of audio like a hand, wise how like big a handful yes that's kind of cool. Do you know what? That's more interesting than that fucking match. Yeah, there were three of them, and I had them in a little bowl because they <laughs> basically they were really icy when I bought them at the shop. Let them defrost a little bit. You know bit. when you get something out of an ice, and it was right at the back it of almost, the freezer. It's when the ice cream almost goes crispy. And the box itself is falling apart because there's so much ice on the side oh, of it. Oh, yeah. And I took it home and I put it in the freezer, and it just kept the ice on it. So when I got these things out, it was hard to open. I had to cut them open because it was so frozen. I couldn't and actually get to the them. ice cream. Ends up, it's got like crystals of ice in it. So you yeah. let it melt a little bit. And there were bits of things. So I just went, I'm going to put this in a bowl. Keep let, it there. Let it soften up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, Jeff Hardy versus so Elias. So Jeff Hardy and Elias had a match. Yeah. So the next match, Otis has new music. I pointed out yeah. that Roman doesn't have new music. 
Otis does. Yeah, they focused on Otis pretty quick. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so Otis has got his own new music, which I think is really good. It's really good music. I like it. And it's it. much better than the old clanging and banging of the heavy machinery music. It's really funny as well, because right, right at the beginning of the music, it just describes his character. It's like, I'm a blue-collar worker. Blue-collar worker. And then <laughs> it just starts the music, yeah. and I was like, they should do that with every gimmick. They yeah. should just have someone go like, like IRS comes out and goes, tax collector. <laughs> 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 to be fair they used to do that you know they had, i'm a sexy boy it's true mr I like, I like, hello ladies he's a man <laughs> Valvinus a com- real man Valvinus man. comes out and you just hear porn star porn star <laughs> from the distance <laughs> porn star and then hello ladies and then had, come get on the whole train and all that <laughs> pimp pimp <laughs> <laughs> They've always done that, you know. I thought it was a nice time. I liked his new music, actually. Yeah. It didn't click when I first heard it. And mm. uh, I think only when, as I was sort of, as he was halfway down the ramp, this sounds new. Yeah. It was like when Cesaro had new music. Yeah. It didn't click at first, but mm. it fits him. Yes. Um, I think, um, this is a real side thing. I think Nikki Cross has got new music. Does she? Cause she was on Raw last night. And the music I was hearing when she, back, it was kind of hard to hear. But like, because they were talking and stuff on yeah, the commentary yeah. and the other thing. But I was like, this, this is not the music. This isn't the dirt music and all that that she it, had before. Did she have the sanity music before? Still, yes, still. she had the sanity music, yeah. yeah. Or maybe she does. I think she has some new music and it doesn't suit her at all. Anyway, that was a side point. Yeah. Um, we'll look into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Otis has new music, came down to the ring, had his match against Miz. Yep. Uh, Tucky was there. Tucky. Um, and Tucky. Tucky. Tucky became... That's, that, that's never not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Tucky, Tucky. Even when he's, you know, because of what's happened, and and once he's moved on from all this stuff, I'm still gonna be like Tucky. He's still Tucky. He's still Tucky. Yeah. Um, but Tucky, oh, fuckied over. <laughs> Otis. Tucky did a fucky. <laughs> Tucky did a fucky. And <laughs> um, oh. and he, uh, so Morrison was trying to get involved, and he picked up the briefcase. And Tucky chased him off, and Morrison got ejected. Um, and then the the briefcase was there, and yeah. Tucky saw this and saw Otis, and picked up the briefcase and hit Otis with the <gasps> with the briefcase. Miz was like looking at the face, like, "Oh shit, this is amazing!" <laughs> Pinned him, won the match. Miz is now Mister Money in the Bank, and then Tucky is like walking off they did a backstage interview bit where like Miz and Morrison being interviewed and then oh, Tucky walks past yeah. and the interview is like oh so why did you do what you did and it was basically standard like oh I was being overlooked yeah, uh, was- I did all the good stuff I was the workhorse behind Otis everyone loves Otis but I'm the guy who does all the real work blah 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 and then Otis comes running in and they're like scrappling Scrappling? Scrappling is a good word. Scrappling is it's, probably... It's scrap grappling. It's scrappy grappling. Yeah, scrappy. scrappy grappling. They were scrappling. Scrappling. Good word. <laughs> off, the, <laughs> off the cuff. Off the cuff. Scrappling. So they were scrappling. They were the scrappling because they went through... They then go through those like double doors and disappeared into the distance. Yeah. There was a moment where I realised that Tucky had either gone too far because mm. there was a bit where Otis has just stood there in the distance. Yeah, oh, it's almost like they... they they it was like they were supposed to cut earlier than they did like oh you're still on camera we can still see and you and Otis was like stopped and like Tucky had obviously run off or something and yeah. Tucky was like, like Otis was like eh, yeah he just kind of like eh, you you run away yeah. like a cartoon character yeah you run away <laughs> um but we'll see what happens with those two on smackdown because yes i saw earlier on this morning that tucky has moved back to smackdown 
Because uh, we were talking about this. What? We were talking about this, about the fact that they're on different brands now. They put Tucky on Raw, didn't they? Yeah. On WWE.com, on the Superstars page, yeah. he's listed as being a SmackDown superstar again. So he's... Oh, fucking so hell. So they've moved him back to SmackDown so he can have this feud with Otis, clearly. It's clearly on the fly thinking about these sorts yeah. of things where they're going, oh, uh, we've, we're have we going to have Tucky screw Otis over and then they're like, oh, but they're on separate brands. Oh, just move him over. Just move him over and don't say anything. He is... I'll, no I'll, one will remember that he got drafted to Raw. I was going to say, I'll grant them that he is small enough where he can kind of just do it and no one cares. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's weird. We saw him get drafted. It's but... not like Drew McIntyre is just suddenly on SmackDown. It's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's not a huge move. It's Tucky. Yeah. But yeah, so Tucky's on SmackDown. Because we were talking about this, like how they're going to do, why they set up a feud between two people on different brands. It yeah, just so seems that, stupid. That would be fun. Yeah, it would be <laughs> stupid. Um, but they are now on the same brand again. So that sort of makes sense. So we're now going to see an Otis versus Tucker feud on SmackDown. If I'm Tucker, I'm relieved. Yes, because we were talking before about Tucker going to Raw and being like, well, Tucker's fucked. Yeah, yeah Tucky is fuckied. Tucky is fuckied. <laughs> now Tucky has fuckied over Otis. He's but he's he secured himself a, he, a storyline for a while. He's at least in the WWE for six more weeks. Yes. So it's like, all right, yeah, you've secured a... You're pulling. You're, you're, he's got at least one more pay-per-view match in him. He's, on, he's hanging on by a thread, but he's managed to wrangle himself back to SmackDown. <laughs> Smart. So yeah, that's that's going to come along. But the big news is Miz is now Mr. Money in the Bank. Yes, I've got a theory about this. What though. do you think about this? Explain your theory. I told you about this before we started recording. Um, it's it's not going to happen. I can tell you that now. It's not going to happen. It's not true. But Otis had been walking around with a little lunchbox. He has recently, like a Money in the Bank themed lunchbox. Great box. merchandise. A good plug. Yeah. Um. So like he'd been doing that for a while. And the whole court case that they did with The Miz, it seemed as though they were talking mostly about the oh, Money in the Bank briefcase. I deserve the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yeah. I want this. I want that. And I thought the way they could kind of fuck around with it a little bit is have it so that Otis is like, this is his like opportunity to outsmart The Miz. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Okay, I'll take you to like I'll go to court. I'll defend my honor. Mm. He loses. And it's like, oh, no. Okay, here's the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yes. So it's like, that's what the case entailed. It's just you wanted the Money in the Bank briefcase. And what's in the briefcase? Nothing. Nothing or a massive ham. Yeah, just some... like Some sandwiches or Sandwich meats or something <laughs> yes. like that. He'll just have, like, crap in there. Yeah. But it'll be about, like, well, the case... Essentially, you know, the whole court case was about the Money in the Bank briefcase. Mm. And you've got that now. Yeah. And, when, then, and then when he goes to cash in, the referee opens up the briefcase to check... Yeah, he'll the be contract like, in a way that they've never checked the contract before. No, but what they could do now that you say lunch meats, they could do a thing where they like he hands the briefcase over to the the ref, but the ref's like, "What's that smell?" Ah, uh, and he's uh, like, "The hell!" Opens the case and it's just like lunch meats, and he's like, "Well, there's no contract in here. Yeah, this is, doesn't count. Yeah, you need the contract to cash in." And then it'll be like they'll do a segment with Otis where he's got the little lunchbox. He's got the little builder's lunchbox. He's got in yeah. his like travel case or something. Yeah. He's got a little lunchbox inside the little toy lunchbox. Is, is the, the contract, contract itself, which he still legally because has. they've done. The thing is, I would normally say, "Oh, that seems like a ridiculous idea," but they have actually done that with that this feud. Is that they yeah. did do the thing where it's like Morrison stole the briefcase and opened it up, and there were sandwiches inside, and then they stole the lunchbox, and it turns out it was you know whatever. Yeah, because they could even do it so it's just mouldy sandwiches. Yeah, because he's not taking them out, so it's just like, oh, they've just gone rotten and now they smell. Yes, the ref notices that there's a smell coming from the case. It's an interesting concept, and I like it. And it's, we'll see what happens. I just like I said, it's not going to happen. Uh, it, it was like a it's fantasy booking where you think, oh, yeah. that'd be fun. 
but then maybe there's probably there's probably more reasons they've taken it yeah. off him. But if it's if it's been taken off him, like it was Ken Kennedy, yeah, he's the second person only to ever defend it, and the only two people that have defended their cases have both lost and them. lost it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to someone else. But when Kennedy lost it, he lost it to Edge, didn't he? I he think he did, and I think he actually did something behind the scenes they weren't chuffed about. Yeah, or I they can't just lost interest or in lost him. Lost interest or something happened. I think he did like a promo that I mean, they he was didn't named like. Kennedy because of McMahon. So yeah, he was going to be McMahon's son, wasn't he? And then he, that didn't come. That to got pass. dropped, and then I think th- yeah. I, he must have done something where they were just like, "Now nah, we're but bored of him." It ended up going to Edge, and now this one's gone to Miz. And you know, I'm a big Miz fan. We all know this. Yeah, but. I hope that this, you know, I've been saying this for weeks now yeah. about I want Miz to be take, I want Miz to be more serious and I want him to do more serious stuff and I want him to drop Morrison and I want him to kind of go back to being 2016 Miz. Yeah. And then we have him as Mr. Money in the Bank. Like, as, like talking smack Miz. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Money, Mr. Money in the Bank. Added bonus. Isn't it, and really? you could have him take the title off Orton and... Uh, around the time of going into WrestleMania. So you end up with a a babyface Drew McIntyre going up against heel Miz with the championship at Mania in front of a live crowd. Oh, yeah. And if you really get Miz over as the proper heel than he can be, yeah, that could be one hell of a match. Oh, it'd be amazing. Where Drew wins the title and the crowd fucking love it. Yeah, and like Drew actually finally gets his moment in front of the fans. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. I would love and that. And surely you'd be more interested in a um, a, a Drew versus Miz feud than another Drew versus Orton <laughs> feud. Like Drew, Randy Orton 4 yeah. or 5, five or, whatever, or 6 or 7 by that point. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I, I totally get into that. And like uh, we've talked about it before. I'm, I'm not as much of a Miz fan as you. No. But that setup would be amazing. Yeah. Having him cash in on Randy Orton. I Especially think it, be also 10 years since he cashed in on Randy Orton well, I, I in 2010. I think about it, do you know what? I think you, you've made a great point, actually, because thinking about that now, I realise that Drew dropping the title means that they can cash in on someone that can afford to take it. Yes. It's like Drew... I know Drew is amazing. He can afford to lose. Mm. But having him be cashed in on kind of... Yeah, it softens yeah. him a little bit. Uh, but Randy's 40. It's true. Yeah. We'll get on to those two in a second. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before we do that, we'll move on to the next match, which was the SmackDown Women's title Hell in a Cell match between Sasha and Bailey, and Sasha oh. Banks won. Should have been a main event. It should have been the main event, I yeah. think. Yeah, you're right. Should've it should have been, been the main, the main event. event, but fantastic match. Oh. Uh, brutal at times. Just like, there were certain shots like... Sasha getting sunset flipped into the chair in the corner, like back of her head smacking it. I did think it was funny though at the beginning when it was like as the cage was coming down, it was like Sasha managed to like knock the the spray painted chair out of Bailey's hand to the outside of the cage. Yeah. And Bailey was like, Oh no, I haven't got that and Cole was going, She hasn't got a safety blanket. the safety blanket is a spray-painted chair, as if there aren't more chairs underneath. Yeah. Does, Does the spray, the spray paint, make, paint yeah. make it more powerful? If I decorate a chair, is it more deadly? Yeah. Although, having said that, I thought it was a cool moment when she spray-painted Sasha. Oh, that was cool, actually. I was that, expecting as well. People were saying, like, was, how dare you sully her gear? <laughs> I was hoping it should be like BWO, like Bailey World Order. <laughs> It would have worked actually. Yeah, but it was like that match sold it to me. Like I think a lot of people agree it could have been the main event. Should yeah. have probably been the main yeah. event. Um, I like there was even comedy bits in it. Yeah, you know when Sasha puts the two kendo sticks into the steel steps and then into the cage, and then she inevitably gets just kicked into them. Yeah, and then Bailey takes the piss out of it later on when she has She's two kendo to sticks. Tie, tie them up with. She tapes them together yeah. and sort of puts them really low down on the cage. 
And then and people just... initially thought that was kind of like a, oh, she's fucked up something. I was like, no, I think she's taking the piss out of what B- Sasha was doing. I mean, maybe, but it just felt a bit weird because she started like taping this stuff up. And at one point she tried to get the tape off and she asked the referee like to, to help her yeah. undo the tape. Because she goes, my hands are sweaty. Can you do the tape? And he goes, no, I'm not going to do the tape. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. Because that's why I thought it was a joke. And then she even she even looks at Cole. And she, yeah. I think she makes a comment to Cole saying like, is that what you wanted to see? <laughs> like, I think because they were, they were talking about how Sasha was being creative and like, oh, yeah. innovative. And she's come up with these new things. She's putting kendo sticks in the steel steps. Yeah. And Bailey was like taking the piss. Mm. Like, there you go. Is that innovative for you? Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a really good match. Really, really good Great match. to see Sasha winning the title. Um, say, what did you think about Sasha taking it? Did you actually? Oh like- yeah, no, I really wanted it to happen. Yeah. I think it would, I was bored. I'm bored now of, Bailey being champion, I think Bailey needed to lose it. And if she's going to lose to anyone, it needs to be to Sasha. But Sasha needs to prove herself that she can actually hold a title. Yeah, because she's she's you know five time Raw Women's Champion. She'd Is be it? a former NXT champion, but on Raw when she was champion, she would fucking lose it whenever she was defending it. This stat might need to be looked into, but I think that's the first time Sasha has won by pin or submission on pay per view since like 2017. Surely she's won. I since think it's then. been like three years because on pay per view that she hasn't won. Well, when did they win the tag titles? When was that? Maybe it's a singles thing. Maybe a singles could be. I don't know. Not but sure. anyway, Sasha hasn't got the best pay per view record in general. Anyway, no, yeah, I was going like, to say across the board, especially she's not great. since in terms of titles. But she is now a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, she is. Now she's won the SmackDown tag, the SmackDown title. She's won the Raw, SmackDown, and tag team. Yep, and it's and uh, NXT. Oh, and NXT as well. She's done because a... she was NXT Women's Champion, wasn't she? She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not one of those things where it's like Mandela effects. Where I've, I've just assumed she was, but because she's that good, because she was that good, is that is and that maybe she when she's part of the thing? Is that maybe when she started the boss character when she was the champ? Yeah, I think so, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So she's um, a Grand Slam champion. Uh, move on now to the US title match that was made on the fly, <laughs> where we had Drew Mac. <laughs> Drew Mac. I'm reading the wrong name there. Uh, Bobby Lashley defended the US title <laughs> against Slapjack. <laughs> Slapjack. Slapjack, oh. the man with the paper the paper plate oh, mask. My boy, my boy Slapjack. Slapjack could have become Slap Champ. Oh. I'm really annoyed he didn't because that would have been the name of this episode. It would have been Slap, Slap Champ. Champ. <laughs> it's such a, it was so good. Matt tweeted that during the event. <laughs> I actually laughed out loud at that. <laughs> Slap, Slap, Champ. Slap Champ. There were other people saying... Um, Put the US title on Slapjack, you cowards. Yeah, they will, they'll um, never do it, will they? They'll never do it. They've got the like, courage. Let's go, Slapjack. <laughs> let's go, Slapjack. You just knew, like, from that moment when they said that they were going to, uh, they needed him, they put him up in labels. Oh, it's going to be a match between a member of Retribution versus a member of. I thought it was going to be T Bar yeah, uh, or Mace. It'd be one Mace. of the big guys. But no. No, Slapjack. As soon as you saw Slapjack and it was Little Bobby Lashley. <laughs> It was like, I think Shane Thorne is eating the pin here. Yes. It's, uh, and uh, I mean, Retribution, as of Raw, they're 0-4? Yeah, something like that, yeah. They've not won a single match. Yeah. They've not won a sanctioned match. Yeah, they lost by DQ <laughs> on Raw. Yeah, in an elimination tag. Yeah. It's, it's it's not looking good for them How do you lose by DQ in an elimination tag? <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a proper cop-out where yeah, Ali they... just hits him with a, hits Cedric with a chair and that's the end. Yeah. So yeah, it's not looking good for Retribution, but even their showing at the pay-per-view wasn't fantastic either. No. Uh, we'll move on to the main event, which was Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. We've already talked a bit about this stuff, you yeah. know, in terms of like... Um, it's more about the aftermath. The match itself, um, 
I thought was okay. I thought that the going onto the top of the cage was cool. I wanted to see that in the Thunderdome because yeah. I was wondering if it was possible. Oh yeah, really. I thought about space. Um, but it was cool because when they were actually at the top there, they were kind of inside the Thunderdome screens at I the know. top of the thing, which was mad. And for some reason, Randy had some sort of lightsaber thing. I don't even know what that was. I thought it was. Um, a, was it? I thought it was a cattle prod at first. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a big like red pole thing with a handle on it. I'm not really sure what it was, but anyway. Uh, it's like those things that they have at airports when they're guiding a plane into the oh onto yeah. the runway, like a little like a long glow stick. Yeah, long glow stick. Yeah, it was weird, but like that match, I that shouldn't have been the main event in my opinion. What about you? No, I don't think it should have been. I think in hindsight you can look at it and go, I think Bailey and Sasha should have been a main event because it has more to it and longer and longer running feud, like yeah. or like story. You know, people have been for years going, we want to see Sasha and Bailey in a proper feud over the title, um, with Bailey as the heel. Yeah, and Sasha as the baby face. Like you know? I'd, I'd have had Bailey and Sasha as the main event. Yeah, I'd have had Drew and Randy open the show, and then I'd have had Roman and Do you know what? Jay, I'd... probably mid show. I don't agree with that. I think I would have still had Roman and Jay at the beginning because I think oh, if you're looking at the most prom- yeah, if you're yeah. looking at the most prominent positions on a show, it's opening the show and ending the show. True. And I think if you're just in the middle, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. So maybe just swap. Women's match with Drew yeah and Randy. with Drew and Randy, but um yeah I thought Drew and Randy was a good match, but now fine, that yeah. Drew McIntyre has lost the title, he's no longer the first British world champion. He's now the first Scottish world champion. Yeah, he's uh, um, we've denounced him. No, we're we're still holding out hope on <laughs> Wade Barrett still now. He's now fallen to the ranks of Andy Murray. Yes, he's Scottish. When now. he loses the title, he's Scottish. When he wins it, he's British. Yeah, come on Wade, um, come on Wade. And Orton is now a fourteen-time world champion, which. Uh, he's equaled with Triple H. Yes, so he's now on par. And he's only two behind Ric Flair and John Cena. Because they're, they're both 16, aren't they're they? They're both 16, yeah. Do you reckon I'll do it? What, Cena? No, Randy. A Randy getting up to 16, yeah, probably. Do you reckon 17, though? No. No. No, I think he'll be 16. I think he'll equal Cena, because I think him and Cena have had a sort of parallel career. And I think he wants to have that power. He doesn't want to be seen as like second best to Cena. It is almost like I think a... he wants to be seen on on par with Cena. I think he sees himself as the heel version of Cena. Yeah. So it's like a it's like an exclusive club now at sixteen. Yeah. You join the ranks of Flair, yeah. Cena. Um yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting concept. I feel like it's I'm okay with him being champion. I think that's what it goes down to. Yes. Like, how do you feel about this? I'm fine with it at the moment. And if it means Miz can cash in on him and it doesn't make Drew look bad as a result. Yes. And you end up with... And also you're replicating something that happened 10 years ago. Like, and Miz wasn't ready then. Miz no, wasn't ready. Right. Miz was not ready to be world champion 10 years ago. But he cashed in on, on Randy, won the title, went to WrestleMania, had a kind of rubbish main event at WrestleMania 27. That was when you came back to wrestling, wasn't it? No, it was a year later was oh, when I did. Oh, and right. I've gone back and watched that stuff and it was shit. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's rough going. but Good this... promo package, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. This time round, though. Yeah, but setup... this, it's like the, the, it's all redemption story for Miz. You know, he wins it off Randy again, but this time he's ready for it. Yeah, this time he's earned it. This time he's earned it. He's ready for it. He's matured as a wrestler. And he's, as a imp- he's improved promo. As a he's massively improved as a wrestler. Yeah, and he's ready and he's worthy of being world champion at this and, point and main eventing a WrestleMania. Exactly. Yeah. So and so I hope that that's what happens out of it. But then you can then bring Drew back into it 
And if you, because I, you know, Randy is Randy. He's a bit dull at this point. Even when he tries to do, it, it's like, oh, he's sadistic. It's just like, okay, he's done a bit of gross thing with Jeff Hardy's ear or whatever, and you go, okay. But then I still think he's still dull. I still don't give a shit. It's still when when they do a promo, it's like he'll end a promo by going, and then he'll take the move that has the three most dangerous words and letters in professional wrestling. R K O. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> your Randy Orton promo impression is similar to your Trump impression. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. I, it's an R K O. It's a tremendous move. Okay. Um, it's on the same vein of dullness. Yes. It is that. Yeah. It is just like I know what it's you just mean. Dull, and he and he's, he ends it all with the R K O. Most dangerous letters in professional wrestling. I'm like, I don't. I. I <laughs> it's a diamond cutter, mate. It's a diamond cutter. That's <laughs> yeah. all it is. It's, yeah. a t- it's a fucking cutter. That's yeah. all it is. It's a cutter. <laughs> DDP at least had like 50 different variations for it. Yeah. Like, come on. They it... didn't even yell from out of nowhere anymore. Yeah. It's um... not the most dangerous move in wrestling because it's a meme. Yeah. Um, Take that round. But I think he could lose <laughs> this title relatively soon. He could lose it at Survivor Series. You could end up with Roman beating the shit out of uh, Randy, having yeah. a really tough match, and Randy being left laid out by Roman. Yeah. And then Miz come running down well, with it, Morrison and like they come running down and he hands in the thing, pins Randy, gets the tile, hey, and runs off. Yeah. It, and also, like you said earlier, I, I would much rather him cash in on Randy than Drew. Yeah. Then Randy could win yeah. it back. Yeah, Randy can always win it back. And then you have, if you if they really want to do Randy versus Drew at Ra- Mania, or if they want to do Randy versus Edge at Mania, they can just have him win it back. Oh, there's rumours that's going to be the plan, isn't it? That yeah. it's Randy Edge for the title. I don't really see any point in that. No. Edge doesn't need to win the title. We've seen Randy versus Edge. <laughs> and We've we know seen, it's not good. And we know it's not that great. It's not the greatest match ever. But no. I I mean, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. Well, yeah. But yeah, but we, got, we got Randy as champion and I'm not as pissed as I thought I might be. No. But I do remember three years ago, three and a half years, well, it's coming up to four years ago now, I suppose. Yeah. When uh, Royal Rumble 2017 happened, it was oh. our second ever episode of this podcast. Yes, I and remember this. we talked about the Royal Rumble um, and Randy Orton won. And my reaction was, and the winner of the Royal Rumble was Randy Orton. And it was just like, ugh. It's dull. Boring. And yeah. I've been th- saying this for four years, best part of four years now. It's like, it's still not fucking changed. He's still dull. He's also still, you got to think, he's still the same exact character. It's the same character as he yeah. was four years ago. Brooding man walking around going, I am or, the Viper. It's like, his character at the moment seems to be like, I used to be really scary. It's like, yeah, you used to. He used to be. Yeah. Not really anymore. It's like, oh, I used to kill legends. Oh, yes, okay, Randy. Yeah, but now you are a legend and you need to be killed. Yeah, I mean, he's Randy Orton is 40 years old. I think I said it earlier. I can say it again. He's 40 years old. He's on the verge of punting himself. Yes. <laughs> Imagine if that's how he retires. <laughs> he just punts himself down yeah. a set of stairs. <laughs> Claymored down a set of stairs. He's like, I'm too old now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over 40. And then and he some, gets... Out of he... shot, you just see his foot start appearing. <laughs> he retires from in-ring wrestling, becomes a manager who wears a cast on his hand the whole time <laughs> <laughs> starts wearing cowboy hats yeah <laughs> and then gets a blood disease um, oh god <laughs> if he, so long as he doesn't get uh, diagnosed with hepatitis and want to wrestle the undertaker it's fine oh god, so, go- so... google cowboy bob orton undertaker anyway oh, that was that was actually that so funny that it actually hurt and that was hell in a cell <laughs> Okay, so 
thank you very much for listening. Well, that's it. We said there wasn't many heavy like uh, main topics, but that was a thick podcast. Well, there was just one big topic at the end. Big Hell old story. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at CSWPod. If you want to follow Ben on Twitter, it's at RingReviewPW. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's CSWPod. Uh, if you want to listen back to any of the previous episodes, go to cswrestlingpodcast.com or any good podcasting apps where you can give us a rate and a review. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I've got all my admin done. Oh, Matt admin. Yeah. Matt min. Matt min. Thank <laughs> you very much and goodbye. Bye. Bye.